1: up everyone welcome to the prep rally podcast I'm Dominique Gates joining me is Jason Frakes coming off an exciting week of high school football last week no disrespect this week it is the opposite (laughs) (laughs) it's ugly that's all
0: you can say I mean let's just be honest about
1: it this schedule is bad it is bad uh Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it either, but we will still talk about those games. There's still a game on the radar for sure there, that we want to talk about. There are about. two
0: or three interesting games, but, I mean, not to interrupt you, but Go when, ahead. when when Ballard, KCD, Manuel, Mayo, and even Southern's having a great year, when those teams are all off, uh, you're kind of limited in options.
1: Yes, <laughs> slim Pickens for sure, but... At least there's a big game on Thursday. Yes. Oldham County at Eastern, which we will be talking about uh, later on in the podcast. But before we get into that, it's only fitting we recap uh, really two games uh, from Friday. And uh, we'll take it from there. And, of course, the big one people would like to talk about, Trinity at St. X. St. X finds a way to get it done, wins 35-28. to 28, yeah. And, you know, wasn't pretty by no means. But still – <clears throat> Is Trinity – I mean, they haven't won a game, yes. But, again, we I feel like we're just – it's like a broken record when you talk about that schedule. But if they had the type of schedules as some teams, they would only have maybe a loss or two to their name. So, I don't get too caught up in, oh, they barely beat Trinity. Like, same thing for Mel. It's like, oh, you didn't, like, put a running clock on Trinity. That's just not – no. Like, they're not a great team, but they're not like a team you just blow out like that. So that, that's why I don't get too caught up in the scores. But, again, Sanex was still able to just deliver. And, like I said, they were able to get that rivalry win.
0: Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this on the way over here. Trinity's 0-6. So would at least 90% of the teams in Kentucky yeah, be 0-6 I get that sketch. Yeah. And, and 90% might be underselling it. It might be closer to – Ninety-five percent of the teams in Kentucky yeah. would be zero and six in that schedule because I hear it. You know, I put out uh, my top ten rankings every Saturday, and I still have Trinity in the top ten, and I get some grief about that. But tell me, what what, what team rank do I have ranked below them? Do you say on a Friday night it's going to line up against Trinity and beat them? Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's a wealth of teams that have in Kentucky that have beat them over the last twenty years. So, um, you know, they played. Like you said, I know the Trinity fans are getting tired of the close calls, but you know they played Saint X within a touchdown. They played Mail within two touchdowns. So, um, how many other teams in Kentucky are going to do that? So, um, you know, there's still talent there. They yes, they need to win a game. That we'll get to this later. It's probably not going to come this week either. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, Saint X. It, it looked for a while Saint X might get a running clock on them. It was twenty to nothing there early in the second quarter. Uh, Trinity had already committed two turnovers and also turned the ball on, over on downs on their first possession when they'd gotten to the one-yard line. So, um, But, you know, credit to them. They they came out in the third quarter, um, had a chance to take the lead, and then <laughs> just a crazy uh, face mask penalty on a punt that I think uh, they're still talking about over in St. Matthews, really sort of <laughs> uh, turning the tide of that game and, and St. X sort of regained control from there.
1: It was funny to listen to Kevin Wallace after the game. He was like, "Yeah, we very rarely for us to get breaks in this uh, rivalry in this yeah. game." So they did, and and that's what it's all about. But another thing that stood out to me <laughs> with this game, I, I still don't know what to make of it at times because we talked to Jacob Cobb and talked to Wallace after the game, and if you didn't see the score just from both of their reactions, I would have been like, who won this game? Yeah. They both were very you know disappointed and frustrated, and they have rights to be because like if you're saying X. You're not going to be able – you're trying to beat Mel. You're trying to – you know what I mean? You're trying to make those runs. You still got to play manual. You want to get those type of wins. And Wallace is thinking, like, you're not going to be able to win those type of games and be the type of team you're capable of being playing in that final game in the 6 A state final if you sh- just blow leads yeah. like that. In Trinity, I mean – and you'll hear the sound from Cobb in a minute. For him, he just keeps it simple. He said, they're just not a physical team. Yeah, They are young and – and for him, also, it's just like, what are you going to do? He's like, look, Jack Sabori is not throwing the football. He's running it, putting you in the place to make the tackle. You don't. Yeah. So it's also you just kind of scratch your head sometimes, like if you're in that coach's office. It's like, what do you do in this situation?
0: Yeah, and the, and the one thing I've tried to pin Jacob down on, and I've really not got a straight answer on it, is 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 it is it inexperience or is it lack of physicality because those are two main issues and he sort of you know dissected that for me you know some kids it's the fact that they're just not big enough yeah you know they, they they're sophomores they haven't you know filled up their bodies yet. so I, I think there are kids who have the ability they're just not there yet physically and then I think there's another group over there that maybe just mentally haven't made that that step up to say, hey I'm playing big time high school varsity football now. I'm not on the freshman team anymore. You know, this is this is a different thing. And and that's the thing about their schedule. It's easier to make that transition when you're playing the lesser teams in class 5A and 6A in Kentucky, but with this schedule there there's absolutely no room for error. And both of those issues, whether they be mental issues or physical issues, are have totally gotten exposed here and the one thing i'd be concerned about is just the mentality of that team right now of being oh and six and and hearing it around town all you know for the last six weeks you know are they ever going to win a game um you know i, I think it still sets up the, for them pretty well uh in the playoffs yeah. um yeah. with that district they're in you know um you know, Ballard got exposed Friday night against Manuel. Yeah. Eastern's having a decent year, but it's hard for me to imagine either of those teams being able to beat Trinity. And so that gets you to the third round
1: of the playoffs, and then you're right in the hunt. That Manuel Ballard game, by the way, really surprised me. I mean, yeah. I think you, you know, obviously you bid pick Manuel to win. I picked Ballard. I thought they had some momentum. Obviously, I was far wrong from that. And, and I covered that game. I was there for, you know, uh, little more than, you know, a half, and Manuel just did what they wanted to. And I think that was the type of game that I've been one I'm like, when are you going to see that from Manuel? Yeah. And you finally witnessed it, and they just looked really, really good. And, again, Ballard is a, you know, formidable opponent. So I think that also adds to if you're saying X, it's like, well, you better watch out because it's not a huge gap in between. I think this entire 6A, yeah, male is number one, but I think – as you've witnessed, there's not a huge gap no. between, like, number one to number four. So I think that that really stands out to me. So it's going to be a fun, nice, like, little photo finish yeah. uh, heading into the playoffs this year. And, you know, St. Nick's
0: Manual in the same district. So they, they're going to play next, not this coming Friday, but next Friday. Um, that'll be a huge game. And then yeah. it, it's pretty obvious they're going to play again in the second round of the playoffs like they did last year. So, um, you know, that's those are going to be two great games that I'm really looking forward to.
1: Yeah, before we move along and kind of give a salute to, quote unquote, the team of the week, uh, let's listen to what Kevin Wallace had to say. And also, after listening to him and Jay Cobb, I, I might want to get a little bit of your thoughts on the RPI talk. Yeah. All, all year. All right. but the, the disappointing thing is to know exactly
0: what's coming and guys not, what it is from a technical standpoint, they're not
1: fighting pressure. And uh, again, we play blocks. We pride and ourselves in being physical. In this group is not physical, and that's that's a problem. We need to win tonight because those kids need to believe that we can beat them if we have to play them again. We need to win tonight because, you know, it's special to this community. And the third fold of it is, you lose to them with as bad as their RPI is, which is nonsensical because it's the. Most insane form of trying to do the playoffs that's ever been created. But if you lose to them, you kill your RPI. Even though they're as good as anybody in the state of Kentucky. So Wallace, very candid, been very big, just negative feelings on he the RPI. not like the RPI. Which, in a way, it surprises me. Like, I get it to an extent. But in my opinion, when you look at the formula and how it's looked for the past few years, like I said, it's worked. In terms of the number one team, the number two team that played for the state championships, the semifinal games have been competitive, you know what I mean, all of that. So it's like if St. X is, you know, if they're as good as they have been and they keep playing the way they will, you'll see them against, you say, probably Mel in the 6th-8 state final. So I am surprised at this. Granted, like he mentioned, they beat Trinity. They still have a drop in the RPI, but... Just from week to week, it's going to be fluid like that. So I am a little surprised that he's that much against it. Do you understand? Yeah, I get it a little bit.
0: The thing about the RPI and the thing about all playoff systems in high school sports, unless you go to a seeded format for high school football, starting in the first round all the way through, unless you go to that, which is never going to happen because you conceivably have a, a team in Paducah playing a team in Pikeville in right. the first round. You know, something like that. So that's never going to happen. So in, unless you're going to do that, there's always going to be some sort of convoluted system yeah. to figure out the playoffs. That's never going to make anyone ha- everyone happy, I right. should say. So are there flaws with the RPI? Yes. Of course. Is it? Any worse than any other playoff system we've ever had, given all the factors that go into it, I'm not convinced it is. For me, the worst part of the current system is the fact that you play within your district the first two rounds of the playoffs. Not a fan, yeah. That's terrible. Yes. And I don't care what Julian Tackett or anyone else says about it, it's a terrible system. Yeah. And for the KHSAA to listen to the superintendents and athletic directors In making that decision over the football coaches, I think is asinine. It's crazy for those teams to have to play each other the last three or four weeks of the season and then turn around and play them again the first and second games of the playoffs. Now, the KHSW says, well, we do it that way in every other sport. Well, guess what? Football is not like every other sport. Exactly. You don't have to scout those teams those last few weeks of the the regular season and then turn around playing the first two weeks of the playoffs. Go back to the former system where you play a sister district, the one that's closest to you. That reduces a little bit of the travel. And, you know, I made this point last year. For a lot of those teams that are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, no matter who they play, the best part of the whole experience might be the bus ride. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Being on the bus with their team. And so if it's a little longer than usual, so be it. Let them have that moment. I mean, that's probably a little overstating it. But seriously, are you going to remember more of losing 63 than nothing or hanging out with your team on the bus? The last ride home, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, that needs to change. It needs to not be a money issue for the KHSAA and the superintendents and the ADs who want to make that argument. It needs to be what's right for the kids. And what's right for the kids is not playing the same teams you played at the end of the regular season. So enough of my rant soapbox on that. And the other thing I think maybe Kevin Wallace is looking for. I don't think Kevin Wallace cares what his RPI number is or the prestige of a ranking as right. far as this computer system goes. For these guys, it comes down to those rankings are used to decide who hosts playoff games in the third and fourth rounds of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that becomes money. You know, if you get to host those games, you get the, you know, you get the money. So I, I think that's why. I think on the surface, you think, why does a coach really care about the RPI? And I, I don't think most of them really care where they're rated. But when the system is in place for, you know, to decide who hosts those playoff games, then then they do matter.
1: Yeah, that you said it. <laughs> that, like, there's, no, there's nothing else to say there. <laughs> that is what it boils down to. Yes, you know, at times, especially for me playing at, like, a small 6A school, was it not fun to have to drive to – Louisville, basically, yeah. to get a running clock put on by, like, a Trinity or St. X. Like, no, not ideal. But, again, it's like it didn't matter who you were going to play. You just weren't going to win, like right. you said. And, I, again, I would rather, like you said, see a St. X and Manuel play, like, third round, semi-final round type situation and not so early. So it is. It's very imperfect. But, again, I think the way it does line up at the end of the day, it does kind of work out. Um, in the favor for the teams. Like, if you are going to be the best teams, you're going to be what some of the last few teams standing.
0: And that's the one thing about the RPI in the last three years. Sorry to you again. no, you're right. But in the in most of those classes, the RPI has done its essential job, which is to put the two best teams in the final. And in most of the classes, most of the last three years, that's what we've seen.
1: I mean, I think about it like this, too. In terms of the the dream scenarios in high school football the last few years, you were able to see that. Yep. You were able to see Bob Beatty's last game against Mel in the state championship, and you saw him win it. You saw Belfry, Bell County, with the Hall of Fame coaches on yep. both sides, yep. coach, you know, coach against each other for a state championship. KCD and Paintsville, you know what I mean? So Mayfield, the list goes on and on. So you've been able to see the best teams – go up against each other with a lot of great storylines. And, again, I think that has been the the positive of it. So I would rather take this than some other t- crazy system.
0: And the only thing keeping us from av- having even greater playoff games in, like, the third and fourth rounds is that whole system where you play teams within your district mm-hmm. the first two rounds. If you're playing a sister district, both Sanex and Manuel yeah. – can advance beyond the second round. The way it's set up now, you can't. So yeah. you're losing a single X or a manual in the first two rounds. And, again, I know that's the way it works in basketball, too. But, like I said, two different sports, two different ways of doing things.
1: Let's get rid of that, please. Yes, I agree. I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say this. Let's get rid of districts. <laughs> I, I hate districts. I, I am anti-district tournaments, district yeah. teams. Especially in basketball, because a lot of people suffer from it while others thrive. It's well, you that could have simple. some
0: great regional basketball tournaments uh, without, you know, just move on. Like you said, I'll take get rid of districts. Um, but your your small schools and a one class system, Yeah. your small schools and a one class system are never going to get there at a district tournaments. That's a that's a podcast for December though,
1: and, and it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it's coming. Just going to run this
0: dog to see if we can find any type of.
1: but let's move along let's give a salute because we've been very ranty and people probably like (laughs) what is wrong with
0: these guys can you tell western lost saturday
1: yeah right (laughs) go for it on fourth and two (laughs) let's give a tip of the cap let's be positive again yes what about christian academy
0: Yeah. yeah i mean
1: five and one 42 nothing blew out mercer county these boys are the real deal
0: yeah I mean we said or I said last week there wasn't a clear cup favorite in class 3a well there is now yes <laughs> I mean uh when when the number two team the state beats the number three team state in the state 42 to nothing and you know like I said I think Bartstown's having a good year they were ranked number one in the AP poll but I, I think Cow is Cow is definitely the team to beat in 3a you know you beat Mercer County 42 to nothing and you know, Cole Hodge has really you know come along as that sophomore quarterback over there for the Centurions. He, you know, rushed for two touchdowns, threw for another, um, yeah, rushed for eighty-seven yards, completed fourteen of eighteen passes for one hundred fifty-six yards. And Easton Messer uh, continues to do his thing on both offense and defense. So they're rolling right now. Um, you know, they they've got a uh, Henry County team that has a nice record, four and two, but they're not very good. DeSales, the sales meet the crap out of them last week. So <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and then, you know, Christian County plays the Sales in a couple weeks. That's always a game you kind of circle on your calendar, but uh, Desales has struggled. So it, it's looking good for Cal and uh, you know, they're on a roll right now.
1: I think they'll run the table. Yeah. The rest is regular season. You mentioned Henry County, and then you threw in Desales, Western Hills was not very good, and Eastern, I mean, obviously at Eastern they played well, but again, that's yeah. just a different, you know, different little monster that we're talking about right now with Cal. So Definitely like their chances. Looking forward to seeing what they're capable yeah, of doing it, in three A.
0: Yeah, it's it, when you project out their schedule and just who they would even see in the playoffs going. It's 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 hard to imagine them not being favored to win any game they play from here on out. So I, yeah. I think when you think of it in those terms, they're they're the team to beat in three A.
1: Yeah, so that that's the team to watch, and it's going to be a fun stretch for them. So, all right, you ready to put a ribbon on this podcast and? Break down some predictions for the next five games? Let's go, let's top go. five games in the area.
0: Let's get into these.
1: Let's start with the Thursday game. Odom County at Eastern. Again, it, you have to tip the cap to Tayshawn McBroom at Odom County, Shanyan at Eastern. Not only the way they are producing on the field, but just the mentality and the swagger that they have. They're playing – both teams are playing good football, best seasons that they've had in quite some time, so – two candidates you could say for coaches of the year because of how you just they're getting these guys to buy in and taking care of business this is gonna be a fun one I really like what Odom County brings to the table especially because of Sam young and just that offense that has just really just flourished no question about it and again I think if you can stop the run for Eastern I think that you you like the chances and I'm gonna go with Odom County in in a close game how are you feeling
0: yeah, you know, they're, they're 5-0 and for the first time in, what is that, 25 years? 1996 was the last time Oldham County was 5-0. and So, um, obviously, accomplishing some great things there. And, you know, beating South Oldham for the first time in 11 years was huge. Yeah. and You know, Sam Youngs have a great year. They're averaging almost 40 points a game. Yeah. Uh, Justin Ruffin has really stepped up to be their, you know, the key guy, you know, catching the ball in that passing game. So, yeah. Um, I guess the only thing you'd worry about with Oldham County is Sam Young's also their leading rusher, which you always worry about with a quarterback. Yeah. You know, putting himself out there and getting exposed that much. So, you know, if he can stay healthy, you know, they've, they've got a chance to, to do some damage. You know, like you said, Eastern's played where P- Pierce Hopick is one of the top rushers in the state, you know, more than 1,000 yards. I think he just got a preferred walk-on offer from Western he over did. the weekend. So. Um, He's playing well. Eli Scott's throwing the ball well. Jacob DeWitt is is passing it well. But um, for me, I think Odom County's schedule's been a little tougher when you compare them to Eastern. um, That win over South Odom was nice, and and I I think that's why I'm with you and I lean toward uh, picking Odom County in that game.
1: Yeah, so let's, let's look at the Friday games. We got Bullet East at Danville. Makes that to be an interesting game for me. I think first off, you look at Danville; they're turning things around right now. I know it's been uh, a rough, uh, just couple years off season, if you will, yeah. there with coaching yeah. changes yeah. and uh, just where the program is. But you know, Mark Peach is stepping in and he's doing well. I mean, they're four and two, but he does everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah, very true. But I guess what even with two of those losses were just COVID oh, mostly, related. Yeah, they haven't lost on the field, so yet. they have not lost on the field. They were able to beat Hazard and uh bullet East is I mean, they've done a great job as well. Uh, I think that they were able to beat Meade County. They're pretty much running that that bullet cup right now they're they're kind of the team in control right now. and uh I do think similar to what we just mentioned like Eastern and Odom County, I think Bullet East is gonna step into another big monster when you're talking Danville, so I like. Uh, Danville, I just think the Admirals, I mean, always have been one of the really good two-way type teams, and it seems like they are back. So, yeah, I'll go with the Admirals in this one.
0: Yeah, Bowie East is having a great year. Very um, much so. 4-1, you know, and, one, and you know, I think they were down 6-0 to, to Meade County at halftime and scored 33 points in the third quarter. So, um, you know, they're capable of putting up a lot of points. And th- the thing that stands out when you look at sort of their leaders, they're all juniors. Yeah. Uh, Travis Egan, the quarterback. Very good. Cameron and Nolan Davenport, the two wide receivers, they're juniors. Uh, Mason Gauthier is, is a junior running back. And, you know, they're all really good, so – the thing for me going forward with Bullet East is, is that district they're in. Yeah. They're in a district with Male, Southern, and Fern Creek. Male is Male. Fern Creek, maybe not as good as they've been the last couple years, but but still a solid opponent. Yeah. Southern may be having the best year they've had in forever. They haven't lost a game on the field. I think they're 5 and 1, and their only game was a, a COVID loss that they, it was against Iroquois again. And they a good win won. against KCD. Yeah, so. How does Bullitt East fit in the rest of that district, I think, is going to be interesting in the next few weeks, how they play against uh, not only Mayo, but is very, you know, can can they finish second in that district, I guess is what I'm saying. Can they beat Fern Creek and Southern? So that's going to be interesting. Danville's a different animal. I'll be honest, I don't know exactly, you know, how athletic they are, but they usually are full of speed, um, full of playmakers. Um, uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's a tough pick, but yes. I, I'm with you. When you go on the road to Danville for just about 95% of the K- Kentucky, you're just going to say, "Okay, you're probably not going to win that game." So, and I think Bullard East is at that level yet where you say, "Okay, they're going to they're going to beat that team." You know, they played a really good Graves County team earlier this year, yep. and that's their one loss is Danville as good as Graves County. I don't know. We we'll, I guess we'll find out if you're looking into that comparative thing. So, um, yeah, I'll take Danville in a, in a close one.
1: All right, let's look at the sales at Fern Creek. I was—I mean, I was surprised by the sales getting the win in the fashion that they did against Henry County. No clue what to make of that, quite frankly. But a win's a win, and it was a good win at that. It, it's just kind of a totally just uh, not a downward spiral. That's way too dramatic to talk about Fern Creek, but it's—it's it's a rough patch right now. I mean, they've yeah. lost three out of four, and I mean, granted. Central's good. Central Harden's good, but I thought that they would be a little bit more just competitive and play a little bit better in those games. Obviously, this is perfect time for them to just get a win, get above 500, not make the game competitive in that fashion, and just like, okay, this is what we got to do. Take care of business, blow out the opponent, get the win that you need, and then you're going to be able to uh, move forward, and then you're going to go to Bullet East, so... I just think that Fern Creek will just find a way to get the win, um, and we'll just, like I said, keep it rolling.
0: I know this is one of those things that's going to sound like I'm making it up, but you don't know how badly I wanted to pick the Sales to beat Henry County last week, and I just could not pull the trigger because I hadn't seen the Sales play, and I'm just thinking 0 oh and 5. Yeah. You know, they're just not playing well. But when you look back, they've destroyed Henry County the last eight or nine years and I knew Henry County's four and one record or three and whatever they were that that record maybe wasn't telling about how good they are. So credit to DeSales. Yeah. Um, you know, they, you know, they didn't just beat them. They beat them 42 to 14. Uh, Luke fought had a, a great game for them. Uh, they just don't score enough points. I don't think to beat Fern Creek yeah. And Front Creek's defense is, is probably their strength. Uh, Dalen Hill uh, with nine sacks, one of the, the leaders in the state. So, yeah, I'll I'll take Front Creek in this
1: one. Saint that X.
0: range yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, Saint X is at Ryle on Friday night, and I mean, again, Saint X they have some momentum, they have some confidence, and uh, I love that uh, Wallace made the point about Ryle moving up in the RPI yeah. when they didn't even play. Saint X dropped after playing and beating Trinity. I mean, Saint X is Saint X for me right now. Yeah. They're getting healthier on defense. Yeah. They're in a rhythm right now, yep. they got guys on offense, and I think after the the Trinity game where you saw Justin Walsh and have a big game, and it's like okay, there and obviously Makai Smith has been consistent, but it's like okay, there's more guys, not right. just Jack Savory. So I think that is a recipe for more success. Obviously, don't really know much about Ryle, um, but I know that anytime you can beat Highlands, it's good and it's big because they're much improved. We saw that week one when they were beating Bowling Green, so. I still think – I mean, it's a, for me, I'm going to go with St. X because of just how they played and I've been able to see them enough to yep. know what they're capable of doing, plus being able to add more weapons after that Trinity game. I think, again, that's just a recipe for a success. Yeah,
0: I think you I think you hit the the nail on the head there with Justin Walsh. And we know from our days with Kevin Wallace and Bowling Green just – how big it was for him in his offense to have multiple weapons, you know. And he's got that with Jack Savory at quarterback. He's got that with Makai Smith out on the edge. We saw what he did two two weeks ago when he had that big game against Cincinnati Elder. Um, And now, you know, if they can get Justin Walsh going in the rushing attack, you know, that just opens up your offense even more. And, you know, he finally got his first touchdown of the year against, uh, against Trinity. He rushed for 117 yards. Um, you know they rolled up over 303 rushing yards, so they they've shown that they can beat you with a rushing attack. They've shown that they can beat you with Savory and Makai Smith uh, hooking up in the passing attack. Uh, Michael Duddy is always a big play threat in that offense. So the more weapons you give Kevin Wallace, the more dangerous he can be with that offense. And then, like you said, their defense is getting healthy. They're getting pretty much everybody that are going to get back is back now. Micah Carter is the one kid, the deep junior defensive end, who's still hurt. They think maybe they can get him back for the playoffs, but you know you saw it Friday night, getting Teddy Myers back on the defensive end. He he, he caused havoc. Uh, Jackson Panarillo may have had the play of the game when he uh, tackled Armand Tucker for a loss on that third down play when uh, Trinity had a chance to go out and tie it. So uh, They got Matthew Donoff back on their secondary. So. That defense is really good. and The only thing I can tell you about Ryle that probably sealed it for me is their quarterback is a sophomore. And so you're putting a sophomore quarterback out there against uh, St. X's defense. That that may spell trouble. So, yeah, I'll take the Tigers.
1: Finally, Trinity is at Cincinnati St. X. I'm not going to ramble and rant. I think it's another game that I, I just haven't seen it to be able to, con- to convince that they're going to win. Spoiler alert, next week. Wink, wink, I probably will give them a W, Trinity's first one, but I think another St. X team they're going to play, another St. X loss that they will have.
0: Yeah, they're 0-6, and they're getting ready to play the best team on their schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and all we've done all year is talk about how good their schedule is. This is the best team on their schedule. Literally, San- Cincinnati St. X is ranked number ten in the nation uh, by USA Today. They're six and zero. You remember the Cincinnati L R team we were talking about two weeks ago? Yeah. How you know St. San- Louisville St. X got a nice <laughs> win over Cincinnati. Cincinnati St. X beat them fifty two to fourteen on Friday night. So that's what we're talking about. They've got multiple D one guys on that team. And then they got Andrew Coverdale, who is their longtime offensive coordinator, is now at Cincinnati St. X. So uh, he knows that Trinity program. So, uh, you know, Trinity is going to be 0-7, but it's going to get better.
1: (laughs) Yes. Keep it simple. That's all I'm going to say. Wins, I don't know how many wins, but wins will come at some point. So that's all we got. Good we're stuff. done. We're done, at least for this week. I mean, like, so we're going to have games Thursday and have a few games Friday. So uh, we always stand behind having coverage. And even though it won't be as exciting <laughs> for some, there's still going to be games to talk right,
0: about. It'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to heading to Ryle. I'll be up there uh, Friday night for the sanix row game. And uh, Yeah. Be interesting to. I know they're expecting a big crowd for that game, so yeah, it'll be fun to be up there for that.
1: Yeah, and I'll be uh, taking care of the Eastern Odom County game on Thursday. So we'll still have coverage this weekend of games. And again, feel free to just follow along, reach out to us, and thank you all for listening as always to this week's Prep Rally podcast. And we will see you next week.